0: Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne.
1: There was a bear bear. All black and brown
2: and covered in hair.
0: Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr.
2: I'm joined with Whitey. Hi, this is YD. You can find me at Yellow Delaney on Tumblr. Comma.
3: Hi, this is Kama, and you can find
0: me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. And we're joined with two guests, our sixth beetle, Guile.
1: Hi, I'm Guile, Guile in Subterfuge on Tumblr. And Jess. Hi, this is Jess, and I am Joyous Follies on Tumblr.
2: I feel like Jess has been on so much this season that she should be a seventh seventh beetle. We got a yeah, lot of Beatles. I know, you
1: guys. <laughs> I haven't been on since the preview show when we were all like happy and kind okay. <laughs> of hope.
2: That <laughs> was back when we had hope. <laughs> when we were summer now children forever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're we're. This is it, though. Chin up. This is it. Last episode, right? <laughs> Game of Thrones.
2: The reason we wanted you on this set was to be show positive, damn it!
0: <laughs> I'll be halfway show positive, but I'm a moderate, so that that tends to happen. So, anyway, <laughs> Game of Thrones, Season 5, Episode 10, and uh, just the general blanket spoiler warning and potential rape discussion warning. So, let's get into the episode. Um it's Melisandre she informs Stannis their way to Winterfell is clear Stannis learns uh that half his army has deserted him and his wife has hanged herself and to top it off Melisandre also
2: abandons him
0: uh Stannis that is still like, Yeah right <laughs> <It's
2: quite laughs> I think you no know, I- Everything's on the up the snow is melting, everything's coming up, Stannis. And then no. in quick succession. <laughs> Stannis <Just laughs> Stannis. I've made a terrible mistake. Oh, when you yeah. have Stannis, you have. That is
3: not Stannis. Yes. That is a pod person. That is yes. not my Stannis.
2: <laughs> I think uh some people online have coined him Satanus Satanus, Oh gosh. That's pretty good actually. <laughs> I don't know. I I
0: couldn't help but think of poor comma. I know she's a big Stannis fan, and I know Chicky and Whitey, you both are too. And I think, I don't know. I I like Stannis well enough, but I've never been like a huge Stannis fan. What do you call it? What are they, Stans. the Stan? stands? Uh, I mean, but I feel I like bad for you guys. Stan. What was that?
1: I like fixed Stannis, but fixed <laughs> 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 Stannis. kind of a dick. <laughs>
2: I mean, he's yeah. not a
1: huge dick, but he's kind of a dick. I mean, come on,
2: we like Jamie, and he's also kind of a dick.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, oh, no, I, totally.
3: I think it's it's that they have they fundamentally missed messed up a couple of key things with that character. And they've changed him so much that they've sort of, like... Yeah, I, I know you guys talked about this in the last of the, uh, the barbecue horrible episode there, but oh my the man is an atheist. Yeah. He's never believed in the Lord of Light. He wouldn't have done this.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, right to right be fair, he burned his brother-in-law. He would have burned his nephew that he's known since birth, and he killed his brother. So, I mean... I, I would accept that Book Stannis would do this. I agree that the show translation of that event has not been
2: successful. Look, didn't he yeah, I, his I brother mean, for being a traitor, not for being... Uh,
3: because the brother was going to sell them out to Tywin right. and was going
2: to... The brother-in-law, sorry, not the yeah, brother, brother-in-law. brother-in-law, was going not to
3: try to marry Shireen off to
1: Tommen.
2: Yeah, and in his um, eyes, I mean, I think he thought he was justified in murdering Renly because Renly was trying right, to but, usurp but his rightful position. Edward-
1: at Edric Storm. I mean, that's in the books where he has that yeah. conversation with Dan. With yeah. Dan, and uh,
2: he had a lot of qualms about that, though, and that I don't think that's the same as burning yeah. your beloved daughter.
1: Well, except that Anyhow, you know, he I, literally had Edric his whole life. I mean, that he, Edric grew up at Dragonstone. He would have known no, him. No, Edric grew since up since at Storm's baby. End. But how come... So he was getting he tutored was or whatnot with Renly. Shireen. He was He was grew up...
2: No. But he was getting tutored with Shireen... To... Shireen etc. Okay, I think the point is I think agree yeah, I, mean, I agree with you. I mean with your partial yeah. girl, I think that <laughs> Burning Shireen is not completely beyond the scope of
1: The show didn't earn the
2: moment is what I would say. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's think the scope of the book Stannis, but were it to happen in the books, it would never have happened within this context.
1: No, because yeah. I mean the whole I mean, I mean to me the whole failure of the show at for this storyline is the Insistence that it ends with the Battle of Winterfell being over, which means the whole middle section of this was completely rushed so as to not earn the ending.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think we can all agree that it, it was a completely contrived, unrealistic moment for Stannis. Yeah, you know
3: the whole mood of the, the that piece reminded me very much of um, Olivier's Richard the Third. Which has its flaws too as an adaptation, but um that there's a moment, I mean, Richard III is fairly much a, you know, total villain the whole time through, but at the end when he's sort of getting ready to fight the Battle of Bosworth Field, it's this sort of defeatist, he's an old campaigner, okay, everything's going to shit, alright. What more are you going to... Okay, you're going to sling that at me. And then... But he still
0: goes out to fight. And yeah. I think that's
3: what they were going for. So.
0: I got uh, I got a feeling there's going to be some more Stannis discussion coming up with yeah. these other scenes. So we'll move on to the next one. I just got to say, Kama, you sound super bummed out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so then the next scene is John and Sam at the wall. Um, they talk about White Walkers, Dragonglass, and Valyrian Steel. Um, John mentions how he is the most hated man in Castle Black. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, Sam wants to be sent to the Citadel and take and the baby with him. John agrees. Um, he also learns that J- Sam is no longer a virgin. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: he did know where to put it, too. <laughs> they both knew where to put it, girl. I was so happy. <laughs>
1: That genuinely is the most happy moment of the show. I, think. I was
2: about to say, like, this was. I thought it was kind of a cute little moment. It was such a boyish moment, um, and it was it was nice to have that before the onslaught of terrible for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I,
0: did, I did kind of appreciate too that line they worked in there, where John was like, "But weren't you like half dead, or were you, weren't you just beaten?" Yeah, and he was like, yeah, you "No, know, that's not
2: that half." Asking <laughs> the questions we all wanted to ask. <laughs> yeah
0: listening to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it ends, um, the, the scene at the wall ends with Sam Gilley and the baby leaving. Anyone want to add anything about that before we go on to the next scene?
3: Just that maybe that whole conversation about, you know, what the White Walker guy was doing was maybe one he should have been sharing with other people. Just going to throw that out there.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine, comma. <laughs> Work out okay in the end. You'll see. Yeah, I mean people will be fine. They'll get it. We're we'll spread.
2: I've got a good feeling about John
0: in this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: Stannis. okay, so we're gonna go on to the next scene and it's uh Stannis and his horseless army marching on to Winterfell. Um inside the castle we see Sansa use her corkscrew thingy to escape her room. She's got her candle in hand um podrick is watching from that spot they've been in for weeks <laughs> um he sees stannis's army coming and he informs Brienne. Brienne takes one last look at the tower window and leaves you know to... oh God,
2: what are the odds that she would leave two seconds before Sansa lights the candle yes. <laughs> just well, in time to miss it dramatic
1: learning, in all caps
2: mm.
1: she has pretty good eyesight though or at least she
2: she must yeah, one tiny candle. Lamp. I know. Illuminate and if it was three's a
1: day, it'd be hard to pick uh. up.
2: <laughs> yeah. That was the least of my problems. I know, right? <laughs> 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 oh.
0: This is the
3: first part of the roller coaster ride to hell. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Satanus. Yeah, so yeah. Roller coaster ride to Satanus. Satanus. Yeah, Brienne leaves to go get her vengeance on Satanus. Uh,
1: What are the odds that they'd be in a room that one window would look directly out at the window in Winterfell and the other (laughs) window would happen to look out at, just happen to look out at the field where there'd be a battle?
0: Oh, God.
1: I mean, it's really convenient.
0: (laughs) Yeah, luck has certainly went in Brienne's favor for a change. (laughs) Stannis uh, is commanding, um, preparing for a siege, only to be met with a Bolton army. Uh, Sanja, Sansa watches from the window as a clear, um, disadvantaged Stannis army is attacked. And, uh, I had to wonder though, watching this scene, like, in Sansa's mind, do you think she saw this army thinking, wow, this is one powerful candle? Look at the army that came to rescue me! <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I was actually thinking that Sansa must be looking at and going, oh, Stannis has come. Oh, crap.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty
2: much. I mean, did you see the discrepancy in numbers? That yeah. was, uh that's not looking good. Yeah, even was, if he had like
1: to the the get night. all these people.
0: You mean uh yeah. Ramsey and well the Boltons, where did they get all the people?
3: I mean I no, I just I can't. This they they shot their wad in, in a hard home and they had no money left. Uh, <laughs>
0: this
1: uh is what we why, get. yeah. Shouldn't have had shouldn't have happened in this season
0: no it would have been great next season but maybe uh, anyway let's go on uh to the Not next about bit great, but yeah i know i just realized i'm setting myself up for an argument so i'm trying to move on from it <laughs> 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 miraculously stannis lives uh he limps away uh fends off two men um, that have been sent to clear out the woods for any surviving stannis uh soldiers um, he's badly injured, and uh he kind of leans against a tree, and Brienne finds him. Um, she asks him if he killed Renly with blood magic, and he admits it. She then sentences him to die, and then the big... Controversy I've seen is you oh, know
1: God. they cut
0: away. Did she actually kill him? What do you guys think? I I think she, I think he's dead. I think he's gone. There was
3: uh, what's his name, the director there, David, oh, David Nutter. David
0: Yeah. He basically said they
3: asked him if they filmed anything, and he said for safety reasons they didn't. So from that,
2: I'm assuming Stannis is very dead. Gwendolyn Christie has also pretty much confirmed it in interviews.
0: What if they're yeah. just trying
2: I'm to trick director. us? <laughs> We'll find I out. That but I mean,
1: yesterday, I, are Jon Snow and Stannis really
2: dead? Who is this? I'm sorry, my nephew. Aww. So sad. So this <laughs> this uh, story here with Brienne and Stannis is the convergence of two terrible, terrible storylines and <laughs> and bits of characterization. And we all know how I feel about the Stannis storyline this season. I don't think we really need to get into it. It was illogical. It was not true to his character. It was predicated on emotional moments that were pretty much used solely for the purpose of making a shocking scene even more shocking. But you know, I talked about all of that stuff last week. Sorry. Um, Brienne, I mean, that was a, that was a punch to the gut for me. Uh, they've got Brienne abandoning Sansa to kill. Stannis, who at this point is summed up against a treat. He is a broken man. He's utterly defeated. He's essentially unarmed. He's unable to fight back. So instead of the Brienne from the books, from A Feast for Crows, you know, the no chance and no choice Brienne who stepped up to defend a group of innocent kids when she knew the odds were so stacked against her, we get a Brienne who is basically preferencing a personal vendetta over saving the life of an innocent and over honoring her oath to Catelyn. I mean, the but Brienne, you, she was looking at that window for a oh long <laughs> She thought, like go do this well, and be right back. Hey? Guess, <laughs> That's another idea. issue I have with that is that hey, she, you- she knew Santa was in danger. She said as much, you know, she's not safe there. And yet, she spent what weeks, months, literally just staring at a tower, waiting for a signal, rather than Instead actually. Of
3: doing something right? Else. How, did even... How did she know that Sansa even?
2: How did she know that Sansa even got her message? How does she know it wasn't intercepted? How does she know that? You know what's going on with Sansa? She's being held hostage. How does she know none of these things are happening? Like it's. Why do it makes you... no sense. we don't
1: have time for that? Because we needed to get in Dorne. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those thems fighting words. <laughs> I mean, everything, you know, everything that you've said about the plot lines, I will say that I liked that particular scene. Get out. I really liked, well, I liked the acting of the scene. I loved Stannis. Um, I loved him kind of growling and grumbling against the tree. Like, I loved that that was him in that moment. And I thought the acting between um Stephen Delaney and Gwendolyn Christie in that scene was really good. Like the scene itself, I thought was well done. Whether, you know, the, hating the build up, whatever, but I thought the scene between them was good.
2: Yeah. I agree with you. I'm almost loath to admit it at this point because I just don't <laughs> feel like giving the show any props. But yeah, I agree with you. I think I I, I actually was thinking the same thing on my rewatch. Stephen Delaney, especially, I think did a did a really good job with the acting. I in that moment, oh, I could there. almost believe that he was Stannis. Yeah, I mean, the
0: believability and the build-up to get to that scene is ridiculous, but I'm agreeing with both of you that the actual moment itself, I thought it was well done.
3: Yeah, I mean, for the most part, the acting, and you know who I typically pick on, but I got no problems with the Team Dragonstone folks. I thought uh, Carice Van Houten did a fabulous job. I, I mean, it, the story, I thought, sucked, but they were good. And I thought Gwendolyn Christie really held her own quite well with Stephen Delane. I thought they
0: worked mm. quite well together. That's not my problem. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next scene is Sansa. She's inside Winterfell and is trying to avoid people to get back to her room. Uh, Miranda and Theon find her, and Miranda, with her bow in hand, threatens Sansa. And all of a sudden, Theon just flings her over the ledge. That was Aww. gruesome. That was a way gruesome scene. Bye-bye, honey. Yeah. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> a horn. <horror. laughs> There's no sympathy there. <laughs> horn blows, uh, and the men are back. And then Theon and Sansa scramble to the top, and they Jump. So, sure
2: oh do. Are, so people... are you going to ask us, Athia and Sandra laugh? <laughs> well, yeah,
0: but no. Uh, actually, my question is, do you think people think that it was like them committing suicide? Is that what they believe? Because in the book, it's clear. I have a recap
1: on, the, on the, Onions, um, the Onions TV website, so like actually legit. Um, I shouldn't have said the onion. (laughs) 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 On the AV Club's um, newbie, they do newbie and expert recaps. And on the newbie recap, they assume that they're um, killing themselves.
2: Yeah, I've seen seen that too. I've seen people assume that as well. Um,
3: Someone on Tumblr who is, uh, I think, an athletic training, exercise science, some kind of student, like, listed all the... If they survived all of the injuries, and it's like, oh god, four belt broken bones, two broken pelvis, and it just list goes on. So,
1: yeah, I think if they wanted to to convey
3: that if they were jumping into snow, they really should have spent like two seconds with an establishing shot because it just
2: really seemed like they were committing suicide. Yeah, I don't, I don't think snow is gonna break their fall from that greater height.
1: (laughs) needed more snow but then i think as an audience we have to apply looney tune rules to this type of situation (laughs) i think you're safe (laughs) if you're jumping and you don't notice there's nothing under you you won't fall um, an anvil does no, no permanent damage. Like, just go along with it.
2: I like the idea of applying <laughs> Looney Tunes rules to this show in general because that would make it a lot more tolerable. It could help. It could. But <laughs> when, when in doubt, call up the Acme Company for some supplies. Oh, God. So, um, if I recall correctly, for those people who have not read the books, um, the same thing happens with Theon and Jane. They actually both jump off a great height and... Both survive, but they make it clear too that the the snow is super super high and
1: like fifty feet high or something. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah, they're not. Well, as far as I'm aware, they're not committing suicide. But with this show, who knows? Yeah. So anyway, I have a quick question. Just a quick one. (laughs) Where was the evidence of Santa's empowerment this season? (laughs) (laughs) How we were told that. You know we're she, doing this horrible thing to Sansa, but it's okay because she's going to be really empowered and she's going to take reclaim what's hers. Because she stole a
1: corkscrew, right? And she and, lit a candle. And, and, comma,
2: and comma, she used it to break out of her room, and then she dropped it on the floor because why would it be of use to her after that?
3: She was yeah, yeah, that willing was to kill herself
2: rather than let Ramsay kill right. her. She didn't That's even. That's why. And, <laughs> and, and you know she didn't even end up saving herself, as we all expected. Theon saved her, you know. And as we said at the beginning of the season, this is this was a vehicle for Theon's redemption, not Sansa's power.
1: Okay. I'm totally going to disagree with you to a certain extent. No, I do not allowed. Sansa was powered, <laughs> but I mean, to to a, I think that in no way, shape, or form did San, did Theon take over Sansa's story. I mean, basically, Sansa was inserted, and Theon's whole story was. Pretty much not told.
2: Well, that's the point. Since I like
1: Theon more than Sansa, it kind of (laughs) pisses me off.
2: Well, that's the point, though. Sansa's story was completely bypassed and she was put into someone else's story.
1: Right, but she was given their story, basically. Like, it wasn't like she was just put in. I don't know. I think we're arguing, like, semantics.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that doesn't negate the fact that they essentially had stopped Sansa's arc. Nothing happened to her this season. I mean, so you know, I like Theon more. <laughs> what was that? It's... I just like Theon more. So
0: you don't oh, care, gosh. right? Yeah. <laughs> You're not as upset.
1: <laughs>
2: so You know, <laughs> I mean, this is... No, it's we really laugh.
0: That... We laugh about it, but that's a real serious problem with this show. It is...
2: it is a real problem. And you know what? The funny thing is, is that Sansa's rape, which, as we've discussed, is not given due care, didn't even end up being the motivating factor for Theon to save her. He really only stepped up when Miranda threatened her with flaying, because that's the language that Theon understands, apparently. Yeah, flaying bad. And
3: that was, okay, she's got a bow and arrow. I'm like, okay, how does this work? I mean, as a weapon? Yeah.
1: Yeah, You're that's just her thing. <laughs> it's like the dumbest weapon she could
2: possibly It's just a thing. She's literally an arms distance away. That they couldn't
3: buy this woman a freaking cloak. She's sitting there with half her tits out in the middle of yeah. winter. Oh, sorry. sorry. I don't know. <laughs>
2: anyway, so you know, at the end of all of this, mm-hmm. what do we actually have at the end of Santa's trauma? We've got a Santa who's no more empowered than she was at the beginning of the season, um, and who in any realistic story would likely be dealing with the emotional fallout from being, I don't know, repeatedly and violently sexually violated. And physically um, abused. Yeah. I, yeah and I, I'll be shocked if this fallout was given its due attention next season. I will be absolutely shocked. I mean, it's just an ongoing problem with this show, and it's its so, so evident in this episode particularly, and, and in the last episode, is what the writers are continuing to do is choose the climactic or shocking parts of the book to present, but then they fail to ground them properly. They fail to to give them narrative logic. They fail to ensure that they actually fit within the character's existing characterisation. So by doing this, and we're just saying this with the status and Brienne, these moments feel like they're there simply to shock. You know, they feel cheap, yeah. they feel unearned, and it's a massive yeah. problem in the Game of Thrones universe, and it's only getting worse. Yeah, but you know what I was going to... the ex-
1: season just suffered... Oh, go ahead, lot. sorry.
0: Oh, I was just going to say what I was going to expand on, though, is, like, the real problem with this show is the more the characters are either killed or tortured or their stories are altered or their characters are altered to fit the storyline they're trying to achieve, we're going to have more and more and more pissed off people. Like, I'm wondering how much thought they've put into that, the showrunners. I mean...
2: Yeah, we we ourselves have received messages to podcast over the last few weeks saying, that's it, I'm done with the show, I can't watch anymore. Every week, every single August week. every week for the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, as I say, the the writers and their checklist and the way they're inserting the moments, that's a problem. For Santa I- specifically, the problem was that it was just yet another instance of gratuitous sexual violence against women i
3: think what they're looking at is they're looking at that they have however many million viewers every week and unless that number falls and i don't know how many book readers there are how many how this is actually translating how many people say you know what i got other things to do with my sunday night unless that happens they don't care Because they're TV people, and they live and die by this stuff. And that's how, and I mean, that's that's the way it's been ever since we've had television. Yeah. So I do get it, but I mean, that's critical stuff. Like, that might make some impact, but really, it's when they have a fall off of 3 million viewers or something. Then somebody at the network goes, and HBO goes, you know, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to stop it or you need to fix it. Well, the interesting... but right now they don't have to worry about that. They have their order for the next two years. They're going to do what they
2: want to do. Yeah. They also don't need to worry about it because I, <laughs> I wish I'd read it now, but I saw a, an article in my. They did quite well for the finale. Yeah, RSS reader that said something about was it eight million or over eight million? So they wow, did very that's well. Like eight point one. Right. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> I think the issue is, and you're right, comma. You know, this sort of critical. uh Analyses, these sort of critical analyses of the show are not really going to sway them one way or the other because I don't think that the casual viewer is as affected by this stuff as we are. I mean, we're obviously looking at this show very, very closely. I mean, we need to to, to be able to talk about it with any sort of depth. Um... But, yes, I think we have seen evidence of it uh, with our particular listenership. I've seen evidence of it in the media articles. I've seen evidence of it on message boards. That, you know, we do have people who are get, seeing what's happening. They're not feeling the story. It doesn't feel like A Song of Ice and Fire anymore. And they are tuning out. Or yeah. well, they're saying they're tuning out.
3: I sus I mean their their numbers this season overall were lower. I'm not surprised. It's also, you know, it's what happens when a show has been on for a certain number of years. You do have attrition. And I mean, I suspect they lost people with um Sansa's rape and they probably lost people with the yeah. murder of Shireen, because a lot of people, oh, yeah. whether they've read books or not, are gonna be like, I'm not here to watch children get you know, yeah. murdered by their parents.
2: Absolutely, um, but how
3: that translates into like large scale numbers and not anecdotal. You know, my friend stopped watching or my friend didn't care. That I don't know. Yeah, internet rage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I cut you off
0: like a while back, Kyle. Did you want to add anything?
1: Well, I was just gonna. I mean, it's kind of a. It might be a long comment, but um, to me, I think that a lot of the issues with the show this season do go back into pacing, and I think that. They had certain endpoints that they had or they decided that they wanted to reach that basically really didn't go beyond the fifth book for whatever reason. And so they sort of made an arbitrary decision of where it was going to end. But they didn't get there. I mean, if you think back to the first four episodes, there was a very kind of stately pace that was allowing things to breathe Allowing the stories to flow out, mm-hmm. and then it yep. all like kind of fell apart in the middle. Yeah. And so, you know, the one thing I would just say, you know, this is going to come off like very um, Pollyanna-ish. Surprise, surprise! Is that, you know, these are the same people and the same showrunners that wrote that did season one, two, and three. And granted, they had a they had much stronger material, frankly, to adapt. Mm-hmm. So I think they're unproven with middling material, whether they can do a good job adapting that or not. So I guess it's really, we'll see what what the mm-hmm. material is for season six and seven, and I think that will really determine a lot of their success, because I think when they don't have a strong narrative, they're yeah. having a hard time creating an entire season narrative on when their own. I, I, I would an disagree- outline
2: purely I would disagree that they don't have a strong narrative of a source material, if that's what you're suggesting. I think that Yes, there are issues with Feast and Dance. Obviously, they're unwieldy. They don't have as much action as the other books, but they have plenty to go on. And I think, you know, the more the show ventures away from the books, because that's what they're doing. They're putting their own spin on things now. They're taking some of the big moments from the books, but they're really putting their own spin on them. So the more they're venturing away from the books, the less cohesive their story is becoming. And what this season particularly has taught me about Game of Thrones is that it can do those big moments. You know, it can do violence, it can do rape, but it's really really can't do much else. I mean it's it's struggling so much to provide a cohesive narrative. It's it's struggling so hard and this is not just this season, this is from season one, to provide internally consistent stories and characterization. I mean there have been issues with characters from day one. I mean I don't know. I think just because of all of this, all these shocking moments, you know, all the big moments, they're more often than not falling flat now because mm. we don't have that thematic texture that the books have. And I think, you know, sorry, comment. Go ahead. Look, I was just gonna, I was just gonna sort of dovetail
3: off of what Guile was saying. I'm not sure that it's necessarily middling material. I think it's that though the later books are harder to adapt because so much of the So many of the, really, the richness of a lot of those chapters are from people who are internalized heavily. Like, a lot of Cersei's stuff. I mean, the reason her chapters are so fascinating to me is because we're in her head. Yeah, that's a great place to be. (laughs) it's hard to do that because it's not, we're not in her head going, oh my god, she's absolutely batshit crazy if she thinks that's really happening. We're seeing things through, like, an omniscient third-person thing. That's harder to adapt. It's harder to adapt a lot of these plots to get a lot of this stuff. So I think it's just... It's not that the material is middling. It's just that it's not necessarily... As suitable for, let's say, TV as maybe books one and two and parts of three were.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what I was saying. It doesn't have the big action-y moments that transcribe so well to TV. It has a lot of internal monologue. It has a lot of sort of people, uh, character building as opposed to driving the plot along. So yes, you need to probably have a different skill set even to adapt that Mm -hmm. kind of material. And they really are. And that,
1: I mean, I think that's a really good point, Y.D., is that I don't think that they are necessarily the best people to ad- – they were not the best people to adapt this section of the story. So,
0: Or invent. Maybe they're better <laughs> at
1: adapting. Maybe they're better at adapt. I mean, and, you know, I think as we go on in this episode, even there's areas of the adaptation that are certainly much more
2: positive.
0: Speaking of the rest of the episode, I like we should sorry, move can
2: on, just, on Did it. you like I, that? I was to say something <laughs> quickly, not to harp on it, But as we were just talking about Sansa, and we're not going to have another opportunity, that's. I mean, it's not just the (laughs) the lack of cohesive narrative for me. It's also the continuing prevalence of of sexual violence against women. I think that is turning people off a lot. That's definitely
0: been the theme of of
2: this season. I had a
0: conversation with my sister today because she's a casual show watcher and she kind of made a face and was like, I don't know, that show is just full of, like, violence against women this season. So I think that is definitely...
2: I mean, it's. I think it's been more evident this season and, and maybe not even more evident, but it's sort of been building all this time. It's like it, enough is enough. Like, so much
0: of the storylines have anchored on these these
2: terrible right, right. scenes against um, women. No, you, you hear the defense of it. We've heard so much defense of it, you know. Oh, but there's sexual violence in the books and it, this is realistic. It happened back then. It's happening today. And, you know, I'm not saying that there's no sexual violence against women in the books. Of course there is. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be any depictions of sexual violence against women in the show. What I'm saying is is that there is too damn much sexual violence against women in the show and it is more often than not gratuitous and it is used to and I keep saying this word, to shock or to to drive a male character's arc or to or to drive a plot forward. Yeah. And you know, I mean the show has real issues. These are real issues with the way that they portray their female characters and exploit them for the purposes of entertainment. And you You know know what?
0: what? It's okay to demand better, too.
2: It is It is okay. And, you know, even even if most of these scenes were in the book, there's a huge, huge difference between visual and written media, you know, in the way that acts appear, in the way that they're perceived by their audience. And the show has a really bad habit of taking these scenes from the books, the ones that they don't fabricate, um, and then cranking them up to an 11 in terms of gratuitousness, you know, yeah. they'll even contort storylines to fit these scenes in, like with Sans's storyline, because yep. there was no other point to Sans being there for me. Yeah.
0: I know. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I know the the whole reason we've spent so much time not getting to the next scene is because that's pretty horrible. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, anyway, it's Merin Trant's scene. Um, he's beating three girls with a cane. Um, the third one doesn't move, doesn't flinch when he hits her, and it turns out it's Arya in disguise, and she shakes the fuck out of him, especially so, in the huh? eyeballs.
2: She sure does. <laughs>
3: Best summary ever. Damn, oh, Aria. Yeah. that
2: was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, come on, what are we just seeing now? This is this is this is another instance of the writers taking something from the books. I know it doesn't happen to Marin Trant in the books. It's uh, it's rough for Sweetling. Um, but you know, cranking it up again. You know, why why did this? Why did we need to see Meryn Trant abusing little girls? We already know he's a bad guy, you know. We've seen his delight in beating little girls already with Sansa.
3: I I got this.
2: Oh, okay. Go ahead, (laughs) come. So it's
3: the writer's room. And there's a bunch of these guys sitting around going, Huh. You know, I don't think the audience is really going to realize how bad this guy is. Because... You know, we gotta make it simple for them. So I think that's, I, I really think we'll make them a pedophile. Then that murder will be justified. And I don't, I, I honestly don't think, I, I think there's that idea that they, sometimes they feel they gotta dumb stuff down. And then honestly, I, yeah, I don't even, I'm waiting for like 10 years from now when all these people have moved on and the inside the true story kinds of things come out and we're going to get all the intel on what the hell these people were doing and smoking and, tunes,
1: and- They were let's, watching Looney Tunes
2: They were watching Tunes They're going
1: to say exactly that They're going to say it was a shortcut so that the audience knew he was a horrible person and then because I mean to be fair I don't think that they have any concept that they don't have any concept other than thinking that they're sending a message that is saying that this pedof- that pedophilia is bad. That's what I think they genuinely think. Like, it's not done from a place of evil. It's done from a place of ignorance. So, I mean, I think the one positive thing that the reaction of it is is that you would think there is a writer, there are writers now who will think, oh, okay, they're getting away. Because, f- I mean, Benny and Weiss are not doing scenes that, every single writer ever in television and film has done forever. Like, this has been going on forever and ever and ever. And I think in the last couple of years is when you're starting to get an intelligent, more intelligent, organized backlash against it. So, I mean, I would just say I think it's done from a place of ignorance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I don't know if
1: I agree with that.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, So, (laughs) eventually... Aria, uh,
1: let it go! Let it go! <laughs> Aria
0: cuts uh, Marin Trant's throat, and when she gets back to the House of White and Black, she's in big trouble. Jaqen um, takes a poison to pay for the life she took. Then shit gets really confusing. The waif turns oh, no. into Jaqen. <laughs> That's one the, way to put it. the dead Jaqen has multiple faces, and as Aria's ripping them away, and eventually she gets to her own face, and then she goes blind
1: makes yeah. sense, right? You know, you know there's you go ahead. Come on.
3: There is there's two two small things. One of which was I really wasn't thinking about it other than what the hell but um someone on Tumblr just ask the innocent question: Where did they get Arya's face? So I'm yeah. going to just leave that out there. That's what. Uh, I and the to other her. thing is, is I think there's um another TV show, probably none of you have ever heard of, called The Prisoner, and there's the scene where the guy is, you know, ripping the masks off people, and then it comes face to face with himself.
2: Dun dun dun. Yeah, that's <laughs> all. <I> spoiler <laughs> alert! Thank you to me because my <laughs> reading of the book with the House of Black and White is that they use. The faces of people who are already dead. They can't just yeah. fabricate faces well, out of nowhere. Even in is the Arya dead? Oh my gosh! Plot twist.
3: <laughs> even you in you the show, into lost territory. Well, I was gonna,
0: I was gonna say <laughs> even season,
3: the numbers and what do they mean?
0: I was gonna say even in the show, they kind of make it clear that this is where the faces are coming from, or from dead people. At least that's what I was reading in the show. So yeah. yeah. She she drank the
2: poison, on my rewatch I was watching, she drank the poison first, so I don't know, it's like like some some sort of hallucinogenic hallucinogenic dream, or I don't know. But you know what? I'm (laughs) going to be positive for a moment. I actually liked this scene a lot. I think it was beautifully shot. Um, I think it had like a suitably but sort of subtle threatening vibe to it. Let's face it, it was creepy as fuck. I liked it. But the one issue I have with it is how they ended it on Arya being blinded, because it, you know, they, they actually went to Arya's, some of her winds material, the winds of winter material when she killed Beren Tran. And now they've gone back to her dance material with the blindness. Yeah. So it was kind of a weird sequence of events. It kind of feels like she went backwards in plot progression. So I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see what comes of this. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of makes sense though.
0: It kind of makes sense because she's it makes being sense punished. Lar- for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's okay. I'm okay I, with I this guess adoption. I
3: was assuming that what, see, I mean when the season first started I had a couple of guesses that by the end of the show she was going to be headed back to what are the season she's going to be headed back to Westeros. So I guess that was a surprise. So yeah. I didn't I didn't pick that. Wow. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, um, I mean we got 2 then, years I'm left. Just, you got to start bringing these people back together and unless she spends her life in Essos God, I hope not.
2: Maybe she'll make um, with Danny and they can just never go back to King's Landing. <laughs> never go back to Westeros
1: guys, I'm just happy that not only is Jaqen alive, but apparently there are, like, Jaqen face masks that people can just wear. So there can <laughs> be, like, multiple Jaqens.
2: Spice up the <laughs> bedroom a little. That might, that <laughs> running around. Can I purchase one
0: of these Jaqen masks for a friend? I'm just asking. Awesome. It's for science. Multiple you know.
1: Jackens.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. In the next scene, we have Jamie and Marcella. Um They're bidding oh, adieu to... I guess Dorne. Alaria gives an... Es- just kidding. Alaria <laughs> gives an especially long goodbye kiss. And it's like, wow, I see this one coming a mile away. God. And there's also a gross exchange between Tyene and Bron. Uh,
2: what if ex- you need a bad pussy? Oh, oh my god. god. Oh my god. Did they actually clean that live? Like, who was watching porn for inspiration?
0: <laughs> she looks like she's, like, 14, and he's, like, I don't know, well into his 50s. It was so you know, gross.
1: I mean, I'm not going to – that's, you know, her having some kind of sexual attraction to Bron. that's, like, actually the one thing in that entire plot I can
2: buy. The sexual attraction I can buy, but the entire – 52. <laughs> the uh, the entire Dornish uh, storyline that seems to be based on them just really lacking sex of all kinds, including incest, was a little bit hard to swallow.
0: Yeah. Anyway, on the boat, Jamie gets all uncle daddy on Marcella. He tries to tell her he's her father and Marcella is so chill with the news, guys. She is like so cool with it.
2: <laughs> I then can't n- she's also been poisoned, so maybe oh. her brain, her senses, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> then her her I'm nose starts
3: cuz I'm laughing this hard.
0: <laughs> then her nose bleeds and she dies? Question mark, cuz we don't know. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so many cliffhanger deaths to see. Yeah, she's dead.
2: <laughs> oh god. Guys, I wanted to like this scene so much. I really wanted to like it. I just wanted one part of the dawn plot to be good, but... Oh, it was all horrible. We just end up getting this entirely <laughs> contrived, unrealistic daddy-daughter bonding moment leading to daughter's untimely death. You know, it, <laughs> we've, we've essentially had a Marcella this entire season acting like a spoiled brat towards Jamie. Hey. As far as I'm aware, she hasn't spent any amount of time with him to actually particularly get to know him in, in the context of... What's going on? Like, it's, you know, you you won't let me be with Tristane. You're trying to take me back. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And then all of a sudden, she's allowed to bring Tristane back home. So she does a complete <laughs> 180. And she's like, it's okay, Daddy. I know about the incest. I think a part of me always knew. And I'm so glad. I'm glad that you're my father, uncle. Wait. <laughs> uh, she's her, he's yeah, her funcle. He's her funcle.
0: Funcle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
0: Oh. God.
1: You
3: know, we were talking about burned moments earlier, and I wrote this whole thing today on Tumblr. I mean, this could have been so easily saved, and they just didn't want to put the spade work into making this a viable plot. So instead, we had this, what the hell is she saying? She's okay with
2: this? She loves incest, Thomas. She's been living in Dawn, so she too loves incest.
3: Because, <laughs> you know, most teenagers would be thrilled to learn that their biological parents are their <laughs> first right? sister. And And she's so in love with this guy, and you know what? This incest makes her... I mean, it puts her at risk. It puts her position at Oh, it was just um, such a clusterfuck.
2: Um, she's a child of incest, okay? It's affected her brain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and no, you, you're absolutely right. This is... <laughs> The, the moment between Jamie and Marcella was so manufactured. Like, it, it, why did they recast
3: that character? I don't get a, this. Uh, we were promised yeah. something. I mean, like, this girl was so
1: blah. Did they have to like throw out like half of the half of the actual plot of Dorne? Uh, that's what I feel because like. they only had like ten minutes or something. Because, <laughs> like, what the hell was Doran's point? More importantly. Yeah. Great textiles. I mean, I will give it that. <laughs> the fabrics were amazing. The fabrics were amazing. set that location is was like, good. yellow print is amazing. Yeah, I like, like it, too. Like, the thing
3: that Ariel Hotel was wearing, I would totally wear yeah. that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like a nice skirt with, like, some brown boots would be adorable. Alrighty. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, what else I really bought a lot is, like, move on.
1: <laughs> I was going <laughs> to...
2: I was not gonna to say though. was that Duran? What was his point? Because Yeah, exactly. He had no point. I don't know. Does he not have a plan or are we gonna see some plan play out? We are, we <laughs> we, <laughs> we just, just said keep... we just uh,
3: said that's the other thing. What is Illyria thinking? She's got the the only heir to Dorn on the boat. You think she I mean, is that boy ever getting off that alive? Or say is it. this her or
1: does she just want to start a giant war? What was the? Point Why is of that? she taking the antidote? Like, does she think she's not going to die? Because well, she's um, pretty much going to get killed. Maybe in yeah. Well, so she's one just going to.
0: Next scene is her just jumping in the water and swimming, like <laughs> it's swimming away from Dolphin <laughs>
1: <because>
2: Her <laughs> And ass then, is then dead. we see a robot in the distance. Kendry <laughs> picks her up. Maybe <laughs> she she's, she's got, up. got a plot to kill Duran. Mm. I mean, God knows what's going to happen next. I mean, well, maybe. The good news is, is still
1: Tristan, who's the su- girlfriend, she killed. Just the just good su- news is
0: with Marcella dead, we no longer have to suffer through her character for the rest of the, that the is, seasons. That is true. That so there is didn't. that.
3: You know what? I was looking at the five stages of grief for, for somebody at work today, and I think this is my relationship to the show. I think I'm almost at acceptance. <laughs> almost. No, so I think you're at denial. Yeah, I've done no, the bargaining, I've done the things, but it could have been better and I can see how it could have been d- done well and it frustrates me because here are people with this huge budget and all of this talent and this is what we got.
1: I mean... I mean, yeah. is it time? Is it genuinely like they didn't have enough time? It's like, oh, I do what, I you know has what has they were there. thinking. It feels like...
3: Did they just need if him you're... out of the way? Yeah. I mean, because there were probably easier ways to accomplish that.
2: I think what you said, Girl, has merit. it feels like half the storyline was missing because we went from Jamie and Bron arriving in dawn, they're captured, and then all of a sudden, Duran and Jamie are sitting down having a grand old time saying, hey, I like you. I'm going to send you back home with my air. I mean, Duran, what was the Duran's rationale? He was saying, oh, you know, I think... I I, I I like this guy. You know, a lot. I like him. Um, I'm still things, convinced. I mean,
1: honestly, at a certain point, I th- you know, one thing that would one thing that might improve the show is to be on a 16 month production cycle. Like, it would kind of suck for fans to have it missing that long. But well, you get a better if, yeah, is four months maybe going to give you a couple more episodes or better ten episodes? I mean, I think it'd be worth it.
2: I do too. <laughs> you know. At this stage, I really don't want another four episodes of Dawn. <laughs> but,
1: well, yeah, but, I, mean, I mean that's a I'm good thing. Well, good.
3: You guys, <laughs> I mean, at some point in time, this will get remade because that's how this how entertainment works. Ten, 20 see years in twenty from now, years, kids. Gonna...
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, someone's going to come along and redo this, and hopefully they'll look at what the show did really well and what the show did not do really well at. And learn from it. But I think ten episodes is too short a time. They'll
0: actually have the technological ability to use real dragons by then too, so that'll be good. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Alright, let's move on. Okay, Tyrion, Jorah, and Dario are all sad and abandoned and marine. Um Tyrion has this a, a line the most annoying line opener I thought for a scene ever. You love her, don't you? Like, what oh, dudes hang out and talk like this to each other? <laughs> anyway.
1: I don't know, I watched The Bachelorette Lot, they totally do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that one, that's not a contrived situation at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you guys, Dario and Jora are both there for the right reasons. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, I'm moving on. Okay,
0: Graymer <laughs> wants Jora to get out. And uh Miss Sandy um informs I guess Grey Worm that Tyrion saved her life and uh Dario also defends Jorah, which I found interesting. Anyway. Jora uh Jorah wants to go search for Daenerys, Tyrion too. Dario tells him he's better suited to stay and govern Marine with Grey Worm and Miss Sandy. I'm like, Wow, Dario's actually turning out to be a pretty good leader in this scene. And
1: he's <laughs> super hot.
2: He is God,
1: hot.
2: He is beside <laughs> Seriously though, like Marine is gonna just sit placidly under the rule of this drunk foreigner who literally just sh- <laughs> showed up, and Unsullied and Misande. Like, <laughs> is that no, the worst it's,
3: it's not. I think they're gonna all go to hell. But that's you know the whole point. What other option
0: do they have, really?
3: It's like,
2: great idea Dario, that's fantastic. I'm pretty sure Dario is
3: not invested in the well-being of Marine. I think Dario just does not want to
2: have to endure this guy's company. Dario! So he's he's
3: like, Dario's you know what? Let him
2: stay and
1: get killed. Bye-bye. Well,
2: Dario's only plan is to actually kill them all, so it will work out well for him, I think.
1: I will say at the end of the scene, after Dario and Jorah leave, there's like a, like extra beats of silence between Sunday Grey, and Tyrion that are hilarious.
0: <laughs> I know. That went on forever, that long extended great. shot. I'm like, did, my, <laughs> did everything just freeze? What's going on here? And then not only that scene, but there's another scene when it's um, Dario and Jorah leaving and that was also extended I think it's Tyrion watching yeah. them leave I'm like what is with these shots it's to build up I the thought... sexual tension
1: <laughs> well I, and speaking I of sexual tension I actually would read Dario about... fanfic I'm just going to put that out there well, i one
2: right now <laughs> no, I don't do can we that, talk but...
1: about poor Missendi, who is you know by far one of the top two or three most attractive women on the show yeah. and she's stuck a marine with a murderous drunken dwarf and two eunuchs
2: <laughs> <are her> <laughs> well you know there are ways that you can get around the unit <laughs> 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 what what the i don't understand is
0: what ways it to
2: me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Coquimations>. <laughs> oh, oh and we should mention it ends off with well you did kind of mention it we get a surprise of varus with zero explanation to how he got there <laughs> just
3: doesn't
1: need an explanation
3: Like Littlefinger's time machine.
1: (laughs) Acme Express.
2: Yeah.
1: Took the rabbit
2: hole, popped up in marine. I do love Varys and Tyrion together. Like, no matter what they're doing or saying, the screen always lights up for me when they're on together. Yeah. All
0: right. Next scene is Daenerys and Drogon. Um, He's brought her to a, a high cliff, and she wants to go, but the dragon is not being agreeable uh danny walks out on her own and we see her surrounded by dothraki riders and i have to admit i'm kind of like loving that the dothraki are back <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> was, guys, I
1: really we, i fucking I love so, the dothraki like, i'm so down for the dothraki yes, yes.
2: <laughs> okay, so let's just quickly go back to the Drogon daddy scene because I feel like I need to input little bits of positivity where I can. I thought Dragon was so adorable in that scene. Like, he kind of reminded me of a silly teenager. Like, he just wants to sleep in and daddy's all, come on, Dragon, time to get up, time to go. And he's like, but mom, ten more minutes. <laughs> and he just wants the best part for me was when Danny's like, "Okay, we're gonna go back to Marine," and Jogan's like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna um, stop. No, no one wants to go back to Marine. Okay, he's 100 <laughs> percent done with that shit."
0: Jogan <laughs> is us. Jogan
2: is us. <laughs> yeah, so that checks out, silly teenager, likes to nap, hates Marine. Oh my yeah. god, Jogan is me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know that the CGI too took quite a beating our last podcast, but I am gonna have to give a little some props because they. I was thinking about this they did this in the day like how often do you see that that they try to animate something like this in the day
2: yeah I so. think it was pretty good actually CG in this AJ in the scene yeah
1: I was a little worried that Drogen was going to die for a second because everyone else was dying, and I was, like, actually kind of emotional <laughs> about Drogen possibly really? dying. Oh, <laughs> I
2: actually thought, at the, at the outset of that scene, I thought that might be what was happening too. I'm like, what? No, I mean, I didn't think he'd actually die, but I was really worried for him. He looked he looked was. really injured.
1: I know. He needs some Neosporin. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it.
0: Oh, <laughs> a lot. 700 <laughs> bottles okay the next scene is cersei um she confesses to the high sparrow about lancel but refuses to admit her fornication with jamie the high sparrow informs her she will have a trial to determine her innocence she is told she will return to the red keep um after her atonement and uh the next scene is her getting shaved and stripped and thus begins her seven minute walk back to the red keep
2: wow was it seven minutes Seven minutes. It felt like fifteen. It felt, yeah, it felt like more, but jeez, I'm surprised it was actually that long. How did you feel about the adaption?
3: Notwithstanding, I loved it.
2: Yeah, the CG, this, let's get the, the, the weird stuff out of the way. The CG was a little bit... What CG? Bit what up. did I miss? I didn't, they, I didn't oh, the they sh- used the body... Lena used a body double for the yeah. the crowd shot. So climate. they essentially superimposed her head on top of a body double's body. I didn't um, even notice. I oh swear man, to God, I didn't notice. I could tell immediately. Like, the lighting <laughs> on her face was off. At some points, it almost seemed like her head was hovering above the body a little bit. It just... It did take me He's out of the scene just a little bit in certain parts.
3: spent all their money on hard home. They got to be better with yeah. the budget,
1: damn it.
2: But you know, that aside... Did you uh, notice it that? It was
1: amazing. So Jess Guile?
0: Such... Did you notice the weird CGI face thing? Jess Giles. Guile? No,
1: I was too busy looking at her boobs. No, I'm totally kidding. Uh, I didn't notice that I, I, did <laughs> I did because of
3: her boobs. I did, because when she was walking down the stairs, like her boobs were kind of moving... Like separate from the rest of her body, which just... <laughs> one like
0: like was floating were, off to like
3: the
1: right?
2: <laughs> like, yeah, it because... a scarf, moving all around his face. <laughs> okay, just, but yeah, getting serious. I thought for a dark, for such a dark scene, this was actually the light of the episode. It was well, really, yeah. really well done. It was beautifully acted by Lena. I, I thought she'd do a brilliant job with it, and she absolutely nailed it. Yeah, and the scene itself it was so incredibly uncomfortable to watch. And that is what it should have been. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is the kind of scene that, that should make the viewer want to look away, you know, and cry and scream at that, their TV at the injustice of it all. Like no matter what Cersei's done and, show sure, Cersei's done even less bad shit than book Cersei, let's face it. But no matter what she's done, you know, the scheming to murder people, all of the ruining of nobody, life.
3: Nobody, nobody deserves that.
2: This isn't what Cersei's been punished for with this walk of shame. Her shame she here is, is having care. sex. She's right. a woman who dared to have sex outside the bonds of marriage. And, you know, in the book, she's basically been punished for just having sex, like even after her husband right. died. So, they strip her bare. They shave her hair off. She's paraded through the streets while men and women alike are like a screaming abuse at her. They're violently throwing things at her. The whole thing is about making it as degrading as possible for this woman who has essentially just dared to flaunt her sexuality. And this happened in medieval times. It still happens today, right. albeit in a less obvious way, you know. Women who like sex, who have sex, especially unmarried women, I mean, how do we treat them? They're considered to be immoral by many. They're called sluts. They're called whores. They're, they're made to feel less than human. So yes, this sort of public shaming for sex that we're seeing here with Cersei, it should sit really uncomfortably with viewers. And it did, you know, hate Cersei all you want, root for her to be punished, but not for this and not like this.
1: I mean, I, you know, to me in the books, she certainly deserves to be killed. Yeah, no yes. doubt about it. Yep, this is like just stupid.
3: Well, this is what happens when you have, you know,
0: a, a patriarchy and right. No, I mean,
3: a religious um, kind of ultra conservative and did
1: did anyone see the cartoon on Tumblr about the scene? Uh... No. So, it's great. Uh-huh. It's, it's so, if you. It, it's it's. A, I can't think of who did it, but it's basically um, if you if you confess, you'll get a free shower and haircut, and then just you can just walk home. And then they show her. You know the the they show her kind of strutting down, and people are yelling. You you have great facial features for that pixie haircut. Wow, your body's amazing for three children. <laughs> like, oh my god. She's just smiling as she's walking. Oh gosh.
0: I don't even know what to think about that. (laughs) I don't know. You know my favorite part, though? I know. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are going to think. But after it's over and she stumbles in uh, me is like the first one to greet her and wraps her in that cloak wasn't he he was lovely
2: (laughs) you know know that you've done some wrong things in your life when your only friend is the mad scientist who likes to sew corpses back together and bring them to life Yeah, but
0: they're yeah. your silent corpses.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I love the armies of the undead lot. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. You know what was a little bit concerning to me is when I was watching the Inside the Episode for this, um, I think it was uh, DB Weiss, I and he, when he how he's how talking about the Cersei scene, he said Cersei's done some pretty, pretty terrible things to lots of people who didn't deserve it, and she's probably got this coming. Like, that Ooh, concerns me no, a no, little no. bit. You're missing the point. Missing the point. But you know what, despite that intent, I think it was beautifully done. I think it had the right effect. It had the right effect, I think, on most people that I spoke to, at least. Obviously, if you go to Reddit, if you go to some of the forums, you do see people saying, yeah, bitch had it coming, um, which is (laughs) what we we expected, I guess. Anyway. She had something
1: coming. I wouldn't have chosen this particular punishment because it doesn't fit her worst crimes
0: yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway let's see where do we end off okay so Franken Gregor and he carries her <laughs> off and Kybrin promises to make her enemies dead and you kind of see this little there's a little bit of oh, fire in her eye
2: yeah you can can't you god she's gonna kill so many people next year <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of looking <laughs> forward holding, though
1: to I'm holding out for Klee next year that's Get all hunt. I care about Get that's hunt. literally it
0: I'm kind of looking forward, though, to see the way Lena does the whole silent um, Cersei, the calmer Cersei that unsettles Kevin so much. I, <laughs> I think that's going to be fun.
1: But I don't think that she has, I don't think she's played crazy manic Cersei, so I don't think that silent Cersei will be a, any change.
2: <laughs> what, I wouldn't call her silent Cersei up until now. I mean, yes, I agree. Like, the extent of her paranoia and her, her anger haven't really been portrayed this season. But I don't know. I think there are ways to to make it seem like she has been kind of affected by this and she's kind of keeping things inside. She's not ever really been one to keep things inside, at least. Yeah, that's
0: true. Okay. Uh, so the last scene is at the wall. Um. Davos wants the wildlings to help Stannis. John tells him it's not their fight. We see Melisandre come through the gate. Um, John asks about Stannis. Davos asks about Shireen. And no answer to either really, but you kind of get the verbal, the nonverbal c- clue. Uh John is checking his mail when Holly knocks on the door to tell him Uncle Benjamin is still alive and uh, the I there's this ridiculous <laughs> cheerful music and it's followed by stabby stab stab John's dead and I imagine there's a shit ton of people out there angry depressed and googling is John really dead <laughs>
3: So well, you know what? <laughs> you don't use hot Uncle Benjamin like that. Damn it! I am okay, so give
2: you- pissed off. I've got to no, tell no. you this little story. Is that you know how they have the previously on Got thing that airs before every episode? Like previously yeah. on Game of Thrones, they have this. Yeah. So. The previously on Game of Thrones for Episode 10 was actually released prior to the episode. Mm-hmm. I think it was on, like, Sky yeah. Austria or something. Anyway, someone posted the video to YouTube, and when I watched it, I saw that there was I, a callback. There was a callback to Honolulu Benjen in Season 1, and, guys, I got so excited. You. <laughs> like, you. really excited. I was like, shit, Hot Uncle Benjen's returning. <laughs> Sorry. They
0: anyway, got you.
2: I know that was naive of me.
0: Like like John, you so would have been stabbed.
2: (laughs) Oh my God, I would have been stabbed. I so wanted to believe you have no idea. So you can imagine my complete horror... (laughs) <laughs> when I realized that the sole inclusion for Hot Uncle Benjamin was, oh, so was so it. Oli could, so Ollie could besmirch his name to deceive John. Hey, hey look
0: mean, on the bright side. No, look on the bright side. This, just them throwing out his name again and bringing him up again could mean they're gonna resurface him again, right? No, right. I refuse to dog. get
3: my hopes up until that hot man goes through the gates and we
2: see him. i got to say, that was some masterful trolling on behalf of the show. <laughs> 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 oh. Bastards. Um, yeah, John's death itself, it, I hate to say this, but it fell a little bit flat for me. I mean, we all knew it was coming. Um, it the worst. More than that, we all knew that Ollie was going to be an instigator. Like, the entire yeah. thing I was I called processed. that from the get-go. The entire thing Everybody was signposted. Sand- all season. And... For me, again, there's an issue of there being this lack of proper context to, to really make John's death, John's death in inverted commas work. I mean, in the books, um, in the lead up to the, the stabbing, as I like to call it, stabbing. um, you know, there's a lot being said amongst the brothers of the Night Watch about how they're scared of the wildlings, how they feel threatened by them. Some of the wildlings have actually joined the Night's Watch and they're living amongst the brothers and, on top of that, there's also a severe food shortage that's, you know, obviously being made worse by having more mouths to feed. So, and then to top it all off, John uh, gets the pink letter and he's about to desert his brothers. You know, he's going to yeah. break his house. He's going to go ride south against the Boltons and he's asking men to come with him. So, the book provided much more of a, a context for this actually to occur. But here it was kind of like...
1: Yeah, I think the show show could have done it in, like, two scenes. They could have had a scene with Ed arguing with Alistair and some other brothers about the situation, and then another scene where a fight between some people in Night's Watch and some of the wildling breaks out. Like, they could have... Yeah. Gotten enough of that in a fairly simple way.
2: I think Is I think it- so. I think that's true. I think that if they had just put in a little bit extra it would have felt a lot more organic because to me it just felt a little bit like oh we've just let John back in with the wildlings we're so terrified of them though. Um and then you know an episode later a couple of episodes later let's kill John. So yeah, didn't didn't really have the emotional they, um, resonance with me as it did in the book.
3: They have issues with like how they allocate i just said budgeting like and i'm not i mean hard home i think hands down for me personally probably one of the best things yep. this show has ever done agree but they Everybody spent their responds. wad there they spent their whatever they had there and then the rest right. of the season you but, could see the seams and what i'm saying i guess is that these scenes no and, but i'm i'm want to just expand that. I think they have a hard time figuring out where to allocate the scenes that are going to yeah. give much more. So I'm, I'm agreeing with you basically. I'm just yeah. using that as an no, analogy. Like that
1: dude that has the spreadsheet. You remember in the behind the scenes like the 15 minute thing there's like the dude that had the spreadsheet of all the shooting times and stuff. Yeah. I need another dude who's me that also has a spreadsheet <laughs> that basically would quantify all of the various plot arcs and scenes needed to get from point A to point B. Because I think they can do point A and they can do point B. They can't get there. Like, that's where they really don't know what the hell they're doing. I'm yeah. just saying, like I'm not way into my job, so if they wanted to hire me, Guile and Guile. Coincidentally, be so that's where all our hate
2: happy. mail goes
0: as well. Yes,
2: that too. <laughs> yeah. I would I'm be so, so freaking happy if Guile was hired to write this show because you know, imagine like season six would just be. First scene, Jamie and Brienne reuniting, and then just banging their way through the rest of the series. like, I don't want to write the
1: show. I want to, like, literally be, like, the nerd with the spreadsheets. Like, I'd basically be a combo of Silicon Valley and Game of Thrones. (laughs) I want you to write the show, Kyle, please. But, I mean, I think that's what they need. They need somebody...
3: I think they need that other person, whoever it is, going... You know, this would work so much better if you spent two minutes in, yep. you know,
1: episode three doing this. And maybe... you need someone who's not involved in the details, but is involved in the overall. So someone that doesn't have to worry about logistics, doesn't have to worry about writing, but literally outlines the entire plots.
2: Flow. Yeah. And then, yeah. then the flows flow the scenes. You know what would also be fantastic is if they hired some <laughs> female writers. At least oh, one. They yes. used to have one. And so yeah. They,
1: yeah, but some of her episodes were not that hot, I have to but say. But I think it would help to have that kind
3: of a voice. To, because Absolutely. I think that, I, I want to give them, I know I've ragged on them most of the entire season, but I want to give them credit, and I think sometimes it's just they don't think. It's like, I honestly think they need to hire publicity people to vet every word that comes out of their mouths after oh, these episodes air. Yeah.
2: Because
3: it's it's like, do you not understand how that's coming across? And I think the answer is no. No, they don't understand.
2: I mean, that was so evident with the way, not just what I said about what they said about Cersei having it coming, but, I mean, it's it's been evident in a lot of things that have been said in interviews by not just David and Dan, but... Uh, Alex them. Graves, Brian Cogman. You know, we. What about the whole way they they treated the Jamie and Cersei rape scene? I mean, that was. I, I, but I mean, different. I think they're not. Either they, it, they're just not good verbal
3: communicators. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is, but they need getting somebody
2: like the to be
1: saying, dude, don't say those things.
2: Yeah, that's, yeah. You know
1: how people, you know how like the president, when you see them like at the first, you know, the first year in office and then if they're a two-termer by the, the American president, sorry, I was US-centric there. That's okay. We have a president. Years, <laughs> After eight years, they're old and grayed, and they yeah. look like shit. Like, I kind of think that's where they are. Like, they, I mean, the show They do the look like they've aged. Age. They just had David
2: and Dan to the President of the United States in terms of their I think job description. The I office. Think, like, not the man's office.
1: Harder. It kills you.
2: Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: the job is killing them, and that their brain probably shuts down at a certain point. <laughs>
3: <'Cause>
1: <laughs> need I think more brains.
3: I want to say I think they do like you you've talked about it I've talked I wrote a whole thing today about how you set this stuff up and I think it's just they come into this and they want to write the fun stuff those the big moments and I get that that's kind of like why I write you want to do that that's the exciting part you want to write the sex scene you want to write the big battle whatever. But to make it work, you have to do all this groundwork. And if they're not the people to do that, and that would be fine because not everyone can do all that. You got to, and this is the thing, they're a big budget show. Surely they can hire some poor starving writer who can come on and go, okay, I will write the setup. I will make this work. They're and not so doing that. That's, and that's what they the used problem. To be good
1: at. Like, think about some of the added scenes from season one, like the Cersei and Robert scenes. Like, those are Which just brilliant the that they wrote, yeah. and they're they were good at it. And I think maybe the show has gotten too big for them.
0: They're tired. Yeah. I think they're
2: tired. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, in a <laughs> I'm way, tired. I, I partially agree with you. I think that there have been inherent issues with the show from day one. So I don't think it's just the fact that they're tired. I think there are some real issues with the way that they. Are adapting the books. I think that there are some real issues with the way that they view women and use them. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm
3: not. Yeah. Just and we've as gone on about nice. it at length. Yeah, we don't need yeah, to get so. back into
0: it. Let's go on to thank yous. And I think. All right. You had those?
2: Sorry. So there was one that literally just came in from Chicky, like <laughs> just before we started. Um, she says, Guys, I've never been so thankful to have family obligations. <laughs> She's happy that she missed this episode. Good for her. Uh, she says, But hey, even if I'm not there, I got to unload about this app because I'm angry. Sorry, I've Uh-oh. got to unload about this app because I'm angry and I'm forlorn. I know poor Gyle is a kid. For someone, <laughs> someone to tell someone tell her to unplug her headphones for the next ninety seconds. Sorry, girl, Go get a drink, I never- Gile. <laughs> I never was a huge fan of Game of Thrones. It's a good TV show, but I mostly watch because I love A Song of Ice and Fire so much and desperately hope that the show will at least give me an ending to the story. God knows George never will. But, ugh, hopes dashed. Sure, adaptation requires change and I can roll with that, but I expect the adaptation to give me the same general feeling as the source material, even if the delivery method is different. This is where Game of Thrones has utterly failed me this season. Brienne killing an injured and defeated Stannis left me nauseous. Duran and Jamie's Dornish jewel of incompetence left me cringing. And sadly, even Lena's fabulous work on the walk was marred by the unintentionally hilarious CGI work. Maybe my own expectations are partly at fault for my reaction. I mean, I suspected Tyrion would be the new barrister and rule Marine in Danny's stead. And hey, why not? She's known him for five minutes. But I was still hoping I was wrong. There was also no surprise that Sansa's promised empowerment turned out to be nothing more than her being so broken she preferred suicide to her current situation. No shock Theon was the one to save the day, and certainly no eyebrows were raised when Ramsay emerged the unmitigated victor of the Battle of Ice. You'd think seeing it all coming would alleviate disappointment, but you'd be wrong. And speaking of seeing it coming, Ollie sure did stab John. Sigh. Do I sound too negative? Probably. I just see little to tip the scales towards a positive in the last two episodes. The worst part is that my skepticism of an eventual show Jamie Brienne reunion is at an all time high. I'm not seeing it, guys. Luckily we've got the world's greatest fandom to see us through the dark days, right? Love all you dogs, Chicky. So I think Chicky mm. pretty much summed up um <laughs> most of what we discussed in this <laughs> episode. Well we questions. just wasted an hour. No. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so the next one is a tumblr anon who says can't wait to hear you discuss the finale i don't watch the show anymore but i still adore your podcast i did watch inside the episode and died laughing at david and dan for getting all the characters wrong but the last part killed me they're all like it's sad that ollie kills john john failed poor little ollie so that makes the scene emotional Do they really think anyone cares for Ollie but them? (laughs) Anyway, keep up the good work. Can't wait for all the delicious commentary and continue being awesome. Thank you, Anon. Mm, Thank you. Uh, And I think the next one is an email from Math Camel, (laughs) who is not happy either. (laughs) And they say, I'm done. I'm fucking done. I've got to draw a line, a fucking line in the sand. What am I willing to put up with today? Not fucking this. No excuses, no one forced them to smush two books into one season. Sands is off book, so is Jamie and Brienne and Stannis and Tyrion and Ramsay and Sam and the entire nation of Dawn. And it sucks. It was somehow rushed and boring at the same time. How is this possible? Motivations, characters, whole plots just kind of happened at me for ten hours. It was done wrong, but I could always predict what would happen. Predictably shocking, shockingly predictable. I was so looking forward to Jamie and Dawn and Lord Bashir and Dawn in general. What a waste! Good night, ladies. I hope all of you are well, and I love your podcast. And we've got. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're so sad, Master Camel, because I think we share your sentiment, or most of us share those sentiments. Uh, And lastly, we have an anon from Tumblr. Uh, which is a nice little sweet one to end the episode on a little bit of positivity, I think. It just says, you ladies make me so happy. I'm glad there's a group who love Jamie and Brienne as much as I do. And I love your in-depth analysis of the books and the show. Love you guys. And, and we actually, love you and those messages. Thank you.
0: We, thank you so much. There's actually
2: one more too. I don't think
0: we got this one in. This one from uh, Tori. I, I, it's my fault I missed that one. But we That's should.
2: okay. So this is the one in the... okay. <laughs> So this, so from Tori, after last episode, I sort of gave up all hope for the show. I'll watch the season finally for shits and giggles just to see how bad David and Dan can fuck it up. After that, I doubt if I'll come back for season six. All I know is your last week's podcast at least allowed me to laugh at how bad this season has been. Much love, Tori. Oh.
0: Womp womp.
2: <laughs> Going out Tori, on a I... sour note. Sorry, I everybody. Feel, I don't
0: honey. know why we're all apologizing for how oh. bad everyone feels. This isn't my fault,
2: <laughs> goddammit. It my
1: fault. I mean, yeah, it's right?
2: my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm sorry that she feels so bad. I mean, I think we share that uh, that feeling with you. Uh,
0: all right. And that's so... that's all of them? yeah that's all of them all right. um so we are call, um, collecting questions for our upcoming drunk cast um, we're calling it retox detox i think or something along those lines for season five so you can throw anything at us um even if you have questions for season six any theories that you might want out of us uh chicky also made a post on tumblr about that so if you want to check that out you can at close the Door and comehere.tumblr.com. You can send us a message at closethedoor and at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at doorpodcast. Um, Please support us on patreon.com backslash closethedoor. Help us get to our next goal um, so we can do that RPG episode as I'm really excited about that. And uh, my mic is also starting to give out. I just lost sound in my left ear. So I'll just throwing that out there as well. If that's any kind of incentive. <laughs> Mama needs a new headset. Anyway, <laughs> we also are looking for more panelists to sit in on future episodes. So please, you know, reach us through any of those avenues that I just gave you. Um, okay, that's it. That's it. End of the and season I'll, I'll five. And all email to me. Right. I'll all at that.
2: subterfuge.tumblr.com.
0: And she's also looking for a job to be your flow person. She knows how people. to do spreadsheets. <laughs> if All
1: right, nothing thanks. Else, I can do color coded spreadsheets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks so I'm much for boat. guesting, Guile and Jess. Really thanks appreciate for having it. Me. Thanks
1: guys. Sorry, I was arguing with you.
0: <laughs> no, that's great. We like that. We need, we need that. Yeah. We need it. And uh, thank you, YD. Thank you, Comma.
2: Thank you lot. Have a good one. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.